Check, check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to Making Sense of Wealth with Andrew Whalen, your personal CFO. The show where we break down complex financial topics and market events into investor-friendly concepts so that you can make better informed decisions about your financial future. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Welcome to Making Sense of Wealth. I'm your host, Andrew Whalen. Thanks for joining me today. It was a wild day on Wall Street with the Dow Jones falling the most it has in history in a single day from a point standpoint. And in your investing lifetime, you may only see a situation like the recent Corona COVID-19 virus a few times. And this is a circumstance where Complete candor is absolutely necessary. The truth is that you know we can't yet gauge the full economic impact, and by the time we can, the volatility may have already passed. So what I wanted to do today is kind of focus on some of the seven principles of long-term investing. You know, I understand how hard it is to stay consistent, stay concise with your investment thesis, whether you're talking or working with a financial advisor or doing it on your own. Volatility sets that indigestion in your stomach. That indigestion turns into emotions. Those emotions potentially lead to bad decision making. Uh, Remember, you never want to make decisions based off of emotions and fear. And the worst thing you can do is sell um, in an opportune time because the next thing you have to do is find an entry point on when to put those assets back into work, which is a very important question. But it's important to remember that in terms of the market decline up until today, the recent drop isn't unprecedented. Uh, you know, in fact, in the last you know six day-to-day declines of three percent or greater, the market rebounded higher a month later, typically based off of past history. So, obviously, past performance is no indication of you know future returns, and it is uncertain whether history is a good teacher in this instance. But if you look back at at the SARS epidemic in 03, or even the Zika virus in 15 and 16, we saw very similar market declines. Uh, It just happened to really evolve this time uh, all into one. And, And we're not comparing the viruses, just looking back at previous outbreaks and how the market reacted. Uh, I think the biggest fear is the economic impact, not only globally, but also here in the United States, specifically to GDP. Uh, I believe uh, the Trump administration came out uh, discussing potential tax relief for payroll taxes, um, and we'll see if that continues any further. But what I wanted to look at was basically the seven principles of long-term investing. And I hope you can take away from this episode a few of those, those, those main points and apply them on a daily basis to how you invest your capital, either by yourself or with an advisor. So the first principle is you know, allocate your assets. We don't want to be overly uh, allocated to one individual stock or one individual fund or one individual asset class because, as we know, asset classes move up and down. And using asset allocation, what investors do is they're basically dividing their money among different asset classes, whether that's stocks, whether that's bonds, cash alternatives, like money market accounts such as the cash alternatives. And these asset classes have different risk profiles and potential rates of return. So the idea behind asset allocation in general, whether that's dividing among different sectors of the market uh, or different stocks in the stock market or actually different asset classes in general is to help offset any losses in one class with the gains in another. 
which thus reduces the overall risk of the profile. So it's important to remember that asset allocation is an approach to help manage investment risk. It does not guarantee against investment loss. But the principle number one of long-term investing is allocate your assets accordingly. And that has to do with time. That has to do with what you're willing to risk, how much you're willing to lose. And you have to take all of those things into consideration when allocating your assets. You know, investors with longer time frames may be a little bit more comfortable with, with investments that ha- offer a higher potential return, but also carry higher risks. As you're approaching retirement, you need to take a very specific look at your asset allocation. But principle number one, allocate your assets. So don't be overly invested in one specific asset class or one specific asset within an asset class. So number two, this this goes back to where we're at today. Uh, you know, I, I got off the phone today with a number of clients about adding more mon- money into the markets because they look at it as discount shopping. So number two is take advantage of opportunities. So many investors make long-term investment decisions with one target in mind, and that one target is building for retirement, uh, building wealth for retirement. So one approach to long-term investing is taking advantage of either employee-sponsored plans or taking advantage of different types of investment vehicles or taking advantage of any kind of declines that are significant in the market. You know, Warren Buffett always says you want to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So when you see a 7% decline in the Dow Jones Industrial Average like what we saw today, it bodes for a time where everybody's pretty fearful uh, and maybe taking advantage uh, and being a little bit greedy could be potentially beneficial uh, down the road, but obviously there's no guarantees. But to get back to uh, you know taking advantage of like employer-sponsored plans, why 401ks are so great uh, at taking advantage of opportunities is, let's say you're contributing every paycheck a certain amount of money. And as the stock market increases, as you're buying in bi-weekly into your 401k, As the stock market increases or gets more expensive, those same dollars that you're adding in every two weeks is buying less and less, right? So as the market gets more expensive, you're buying less and less as it gets more expensive, which is what you should be doing. Now, conversely, as it goes down and gets cheaper, those same dollars are buying more and more shares. So you're actually buying more when it gets cheaper and buying less as it gets more expensive. So taking advantage of opportunities that are either offered through your employer-sponsored plans or self-directed ones, uh, making consistent contributions and looking at opportunities uh, as they arise, even though they may not always seem like opportunities, is the second key point to um, long-term investing. Number three is you know you have to take the appropriate risk, and you know we see this all the time in our office with people coming in that are overly allocated in one asset or one stock or one asset class, and they have no idea until unfortunately it's too late. I met with a, uh, a um, uh, an individual in Newport over this weekend, and uh, her husband recently passed away, unfortunately, but he had a large majority of his stock in American Airlines uh, because he was a pilot. So. What she didn't realize is how much that he had. So when we were looking at these inherited IRAs, um, you know, originally we thought it was going to be one number, and when we saw the most recent statement, it was a lot less because of that overallocation into American Airlines. Um, you know, the airline industry hasn't done very well just recently, um, but that's just one example of taking the appropriate risk. You know, while risk is obviously inevitable, 
um, and integral to investing, one of the most important questions is, should you ask yourself, how much risk are you willing to accept? Can you accept seeing your portfolio drop 20 or 30 or 40%? For some people that are younger, that's perfectly fine. But as you get older, you know, it's really hard to justify having a portfolio allocation that's going to go down 30 or 40% while you're in retirement and needing those assets to live on. Um, so just to get back to my earlier point, if you're in your early 20s and you may have, you know, another four decades before you plan to retire, that age category is perfectly fine for taking, you know, a higher level of risk versus if you're in your 60s and retirement's within sight, you may want to create a portfolio that has a lower risk profile. So just making sure that you're taking the appropriate amount of risk. Number four on uh, the seven principles of long-term investing is make regular contributions. So that gets back to the concept of that 401k strategy that I talked about just a few seconds ago. One way to potentially build wealth over a long haul is through consistent investing. And, you know, With any long-term pursuit, investing requires consistency and obviously discipline, but by developing the habit of making regular deposits, your investments may grow over time. So there's different applications that can round up each purchase that you make uh, and take those cents and invest those. If you have a 401k or an employee-sponsored plan, they're making those consistent contributions. So get in a habit of making consistent contributions or regular contributions so you can take advantage of dollar cost averaging. Uh, which is a way of purchasing investments over time. So when prices are low, more shares are acquired. When prices are high, fewer shares are bought. So that's a very basic principle, and it's on autopilot when you have it through an employee-sponsored plan, uh, such as a 401k. Now, keep in mind that dollar cost averaging, you know, it obviously does not protect against a loss or a decline in the market or guarantee a profit in a rising market, but it is the process of investing a fixed amount of money in an investment vehicle at regular, you know, typically monthly intervals for an extended period of time regardless of the price. And why that's so important is because it divests yourself from just focusing on the price of the market. Uh, whether it's up or whether it's down, you're consistently investing. And over time, uh, through compound interest, um, you have the chance to see you know, some pretty amazing results. Um, so number five. You have to understand what you own. You know whether that's an individual mutual fund, an ETF, an annuity, uh, life insurance, whatever that investment vehicle that you may have your assets in. It's important for you to understand what you own. You know you may not want to buy a car without understanding at least the basics about the make, the model, and and how the car performs, right? So buyers often, what do they do? They often test drive vehicles and determine if they're good fits, and then they do their research. So if we do this for cars, we should also do this for the most important asset that we have, which is our money. The same principle that we use for cars applies to other areas in your life, such as you know whether it's a health care or buying houses. Investing should be absolutely no different. You should consider having at least a basic understanding of the businesses in which you plan to invest either by yourself or with your advisor. So what we do here at Wayland Financial, uh, each quarter with our clients, we review the actual assets that we're owning for our client base. 
So whether that's the individual stock positions, why we're making the decisions to purchase or to sell certain securities, uh, what those businesses are doing, how they're, how those businesses affect not only our clients' lives but future generations' lives so that they have a basic understanding and fundamentals of, sure, coronavirus may be affecting the overall marketplace now, but how does that actually affect the businesses that I own over the next three or five years? So just like we do with a car, just like we do with a house, just like we do when we shop healthcare options, you should do the exact same thing and understand what you own in your individual portfolio. So when you see high times of volatility, you can rest a little bit more assured knowing what those companies do and how they may or may not be affected by different types of market volatility. You know, understanding the basic components of your investments, you know, as I just said, may help you feel a little bit more comfortable in that long-term approach, not focusing on the quarter-to-quarter or day-to-day of of the ups and downs of the market, but the longer-term goals of what those companies are trying to do and deliver to their shareholders, which is you, if you own a piece of that company through purchasing the stock. So, um, you know, it it helps me, you know, when I was a, a... Growing up, I uh, made my first stock investment in an oil company, and it's because I knew it. I saw it. I saw. I saw the gas station everywhere. I knew it. I knew what they did, uh, and it made me feel a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, even at the age of twelve, looking at uh, what that stock was doing over you know a one or two year period of time, just because I knew exactly what they did as a company. Um, so know what you own. Number six, um, you have to consider starting early. And what I mean by this is, you know, you've heard the the uh, mathematic explanation for investing early and often. Um, but let me give you an example that I wrote down prior to jumping in the studio to record this podcast. So, if you're 25 and you invest 300 a month for 10 years, and let's just assume a hypothetical rate of return of six percent on your investments, when you're 35, that 300 dollars a month for 10 years at 6% is worth $50,298. Let's up your monthly contribution to $600 for the next decade. You'll have $190,000. Then let's add another $600 a month, or $1,200 total, to your investment savings for another 10 years. By the time you're at 55, you'll have $542,000. Bump it up to $2,000 a month when you're 55 for another 10 years, and by the time you're 65, you'll have more than $1.3 million invested. And this is just simple compound interest and time value of money, right? So I could enter it in into my uh, HP12C calculator and basically get the same concept. So what I wanted to do with this is consider starting early. So the benefits of investing early become more apparent when you compare, in another example, the earnings of two people both age 20, okay, the investment is generating, let's say, 7% annually. And let's use the example of Eric, what I call Eric Early, invest $100 a month until he's 30. He doesn't contribute any more to his account until he's 60. Linda later begins investing her account when she's 30, She puts in $100 a month for 30 years until she retires at 60. Well, Eric Early started early and invested a total of $12,000. Linda later started later and invested a total of $36,000. At 60, Eric has $135,000 and Linda has $121,000. So the difference of just starting a little bit earlier makes 
a complete difference. So investing early and keep it up. Investors should evaluate their financial ability to continue making purchases through periods of declining as well as rising prices. So start earlier, the better. That is number six on the principles of long-term investing. Um, And number seven uh, is one of our our, our key foundational themes here at Wayland Financial, and that is manage your emotions. The world is not coming to an end. You know, right now markets are reacting to the news because the outcome is so unknown. You know, in a way, the COVID-19 has, you know, what we say infected the market, right? No pun intended. Um, But they've infected the market all around the world. And in times of market uncertainty, some traders believe the best approach is to sell. Fear is driving decisions, and nobody would blame you, you know, if, if this uncertainty gave you a bit of anxiety as well. But I can tell you managing your emotions during highly volatile times is one of the key cornerstones to successful investing. Remember that stocks don't make you wealthy. Instead, your behavior around the stocks that you own give you the opportunity to create wealth over the long term. You know, conventional wisdom you know, warns us against you know, processing your investment decisions through an emotional filter, right? We've all been there. We've all seen it. Um, but while it's good advice, it still needs a little bit of elaboration. And making investment decisions from a sense of exuberance or panic has the potential to set the stage for disaster or in an absolute best-case scenario missed opportunity. You know, there's some statistic out there about people who just miss, you know, just the best five trading days of a year and the drastic difference of rates of return um, from someone who had just stayed in it versus someone who got out, missed the best five days of the year and the drastic difference in the rate of return at the end of the year. Um, You know, obviously markets occasionally tumble, have sent many emotional investors into panic and, and quick exits. But the key takeaway is it's often better to hang on for the ride than to jump ship based on emotional reactions to the noise from particularly the media. And while detaching ourselves from our emotions or or behavioral inclinations may be challenging, um, you know, we have to at least put it into context. Uh, This may give us the opportunity to prevent our emotions from shaping our biases, And as a personal CFO, that's one of our biggest jobs is being our client's financial therapist during volatile times. Uh, Because if we can help you avoid mistakes, avoiding those mistakes over time really compounds. Uh, And that's our number one goal is to help our clients avoid those emotional mistakes. You know, we love discount shopping when it comes to every facet of life. 10, 10 cases of water for a dollar. Um, you know, that same car that you wanted is now 10% off. Uh, any kind of coupon shopping. We love coupon shopping except for when it comes to our money. And it's because it's one of the hardest things that we've worked for in our entire lives. Uh, and to see it go down, you know, at the pace of the market is not easy, but I can tell you allowing the emotions to dictate investment decisions very rarely does that lead to successful investing. So those are the principles. Those are the seven principles. You know, what I try to tell uh, everybody is, is a basic theme of you don't want to buy snow tires in a blizzard. And what I mean by that is, you know, by working together with a firm like ours to develop an investment strategy that fits your specific risk tolerance, your time horizon and goals, you know, we can prepare to weather the turbulence. 
And to get back to the saying of, you know, don't buy snow tires in a blizzard, when a blizzard hits, the people who already own snow tires are usually happier than those venturing out in the cold, hoping that they're still in stock. In the same way, it's generally best to make decisions during periods of low market volatility. And right now we're in the middle of the storm with COVID-19 and what happened with OPEC over the weekend uh, between Saudi Arabia Arabia and Russia. I believe oil dropped about 23% today. Um, So we're right in the middle of the storm. Uh, So having that game plan plan put in place is is vitally important to the success for long-term investing. You know, it's important to remember those seven principles and make sure you consult with your financial professional and ensure that your goals and time horizon are in line with your risk profile and risks associated with your profile. So to recap them again, the seven principles of long-term investing. Allocate your assets. Number two, take advantage of opportunities. Take the appropriate risk. Make regular contributions. Please understand what you own. Consider starting early if you have the opportunity. And definitely the most important principle is manage your emotions. I wanted to share these seven principles of long-term investing because it is kind of an emotional roller coaster right now on Wall Street. I wanted to give a second to reach out to our clients and let them know and remind them of the seven principles of long-term investing. We're always happy to help. We do have a copy of our white paper on the seven principles. Uh, You can go to our website, waylandfinancial.com, or give our office a call, 702-878-3900, and we'd be happy to help you in any way. So I'm going to sign off now. Thanks for your time. I look forward to seeing you soon and uh, reviewing another episode of Making Sense of Wealth. And remember, if it don't make dollars... It don't make sense. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. This material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice and recommendation for any individuals. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.